Many wonder why our Jewish brothers so often make the best negotiators, arbitration, and real estate and anything. The president of my company is Jewish and he is a deal slayer. Some of the best lawyers, business lawyers, attorney, entertainment lawyers, Jewish. And I think it's because they learned something culturally that's in their culture in their religion in their faith and they learn from the best the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the maker of heaven and earth a really simple basic principle the first one the non-negotiables the non-negotiables you know before you interview your client in a deposition or an interrogation by prosecution of police there is already put on the table what you will and will not ask my client and what the client will or will not offer as information now there be a myriad a series of all kinds of other questions but we're going to get the non-negotiables on the table first and God is always about the non-negotiables and where did they learn that from? Well, you ever read the Ten Commandments? Ever read about God's non-negotiables? And he made it very clear what those non-negotiables would be in the Ten Commandments. And there's 613 laws. Oh, yes. But the only one that mattered was the non-negotiables on the table first. This is what is not up for discussion. I am the Lord your God. You shall not have any other God before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. You will remember to keep the Lord's day honor the Sabbath you will honor your father and mother you will not shall not kill you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor you shall not covet your neighbor's wife nor anything in your neighbor's house very clear very clear none negotiables now there's 613 things we're going to talk about or maybe what 603 is that the way that works 613 but when you go through life in a contract with a sports team, an employment contract with a company, it's best to get the non-negotiables out on the table first. What about a marriage? Before you've invested three, five, seven, eight, ten years down the road and you never talked about the non-negotiables. All the children you're going to have, how are you going to raise your kids, under what faith, your two different religions, where you were going to live, how many... 
places you would visit, how much money you intend to make, how much love making one wants more than the other, all kinds of different things. You need to put those non-negotiables on the table before you walk down the aisle and find out six months, eight months, six years, ten years later. Oh, he just didn't want to have as many kids as me. Oh, well, she just wanted too much jewelry. Well, we really didn't agree on which faith to raise the children, and I'm Jewish, she's Catholic. I'm a Buddhist, she's a Hindu. I'm an atheist, she's a Pentecostal. I'm a Republican, that's a Democrat. You create problems in relationships because you found out that you thought that you could manipulate. Many of you had those non-negotiables, you knew what they were, but you put it aside, figuring... The other person could be manipulated, controlled, coerced, bribed, tricked, deceived. Because that's how you negotiate, by trickery, bribery, deception. And you just end up paying a bigger price down the road. Lay it out on the table, who you are, what's expected, what you want. And the other points of negotiation could be points of compromise or not to the benefit less or more to either side it's the non-negotiables God has a right to have non-negotiables because you belong to him you are his property you know he said let us make man you were made for him you weren't even created for your spouse or your children you were created for him he made you for him for his good pleasure you're created for him I'm sure you get that most of you have dogs you didn't get the dog to breed the dog you didn't get the dog to get the dog a mate you get didn't get the dog to have puppies you got the dog for you whatever selfish need you've wanted to put on that dog to transfer all of your sadness and depression or your mental illness or protection, whatever it is, that dog isn't for the dog. You don't care about the dog. You just got that dog for what the dog is supposed to do for you. And then occasionally after a while, maybe the dog gets, oh, the dog needs company. Oh, it's not good for the dog to be alone. Uh, let's breed it. Let's get it a mate. Let's get it a pal, a buddy, something else like it that he can hang around with. You get that way with your children. Selfish. You treat your children like doll babies, possessions, or vicariously something to make money for you. To live out that sports life that you didn't have. You get that child for you. Wanted something to own and possess. You're not the well off. He needs a brother. She needs a sister. Uh, this, this how, let's get them a playmate. Let's adopt a child. Let's, 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 let's have another baby. Well, you didn't get the child for that purpose. You got the child for you. Then you start thinking, well, let's get something else for the child like itself. Another little one like itself. And there's Adam. He's for us. We love him. He's doing everything. I say, hey, let's get him something. Get him something. Let's give him a... He's had the dogs. He's had the bulls. He had the bears. He had the lions. Yeah, Let's get him something more like him. Something to breed with. Get him a helpmate. Oh, there's Eve. Let's just make Eve. Let's get him a wife. The purpose is what you got it for. You got it for yourself. You got that dog for you. You had that baby for you. God had you 
for himself. And then you forget why you were created and why you were here. You put any and everything above God, which is the reason why you were not made, not for her or him or them or it, but for your maker. And in his benevolence and his love, he extended to you something to hang out with you. Not to deny his existence, but for you to work with something that's a little more like you on your level. He gets a kick out of watching you play with your friends, your wife, your husband, your buddies. He gets a joy watching, sitting on the bench watching the kids play in the park with each other. Sitting in the church watching the daughter walk down the aisle with her future husband or the son of his future wife. He gets a kick out of that. Because your whole purpose was for him. You were the main reason. You are the reason why he made you. And yet he allows you the company of other things, not to distract you from him or to worship the child over him or the wife over him or the dog or cars or anything else you might do, but that you would be so grateful that he made you, created you, that you would always defer to him. butterfly kisses that you look back at your father walking down that aisle and you're the bride and she looks at her daddy oh daddy realizing that that's the first love of her life and daddy so couldn't wait to give her a mate pass her on to a man that would take her now you have forgotten that God has some non-negotiables and that's one of them. You shall have no other God before him. Not your job. Not your woman. Not your kids. Not your politics. Not your flag. Not your country. Not your pastor, priest, pope, or pimp. Him. Your maker. Don't be a ghoul. That'll make you a fool. To forget that. <laughs>